you're listening to Indie Arena Podcast. If you're an independent musician or in the arena as a creative entrepreneur, I give tips and advice on the music industry as well as tips and advice if you're an entrepreneur. And if you like this podcast, I want you to screenshot it and tag me on Instagram, either at Antonia K. Moore or at Indie underscore Arena. On today's show, I have actress and singer-songwriter Clara McDonnell, who has an impressive career working and studying in theatre since she was 16 and working in many productions from there. Um, she also attended the, v, the MTV, would you mind, VMAs in Hollywood and has also appeared on Couch Trip Road Marbs in the UK and Irish Channel E4. Um, right now, she has just released her brand new single, Wasted, alongside its brand new music video as well, shot by David Duggan and starring an unknown and undiscovered actress called Antonia K. Moore. That's myself. <laughs> Clara will be providing her it. personal advice on social media and branding as a musician. Here she is, Clara McDonald. Welcome to my podcast. How are you? Yay! I don't know whether your listeners could hear, but I just like had a little giggle there when you announced yourself as the lead actress in the video, because you are. <laughs> well, the, the star of the show, girl, the star of the show. No, the well, video is hopefully. fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations, rather, on the video. It's really, really well done. And to David Duggan as well, like, you know, for the, for the screenshot. And yourself. And, and yourself. Myself. And hopefully you enjoyed it. And hopefully it is going to get lots of views. It will. It will. Yes, that's right. It can be found all over social media right now, actually, on your Twitter, at Clara McDonald, on uh, your Facebook, and everywhere. Actually, yeah, do tell us first. Why not? Like, where we can find it. Um, basically Google Clara with a K McDonald and Wasted and you will find it absolutely everywhere. I think the only place I've yet to put it would be Instagram TV. I usually put a version of my music videos up there as well, but it's, it's all over LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, there's an Instagram post with it. There's been a good few shares on Facebook. That is really good. But I need to look at the insights properly because as some people do know, when you upload a video to Facebook and you upload it, it to YouTube as well. It can end up getting a lot more views on Facebook than YouTube, and some of them are kind of fake views because mm. oh, they automatically play in news feeds. So you have to really look into your insights afterwards because you just see a lot of people and they're like, "Oh my god, I got a twenty thousand views on my video on Facebook," and it's like, "Okay, really?" But like, how many of them are real views? You know, so you have to look at your insights afterwards. Yeah, very good point, actually. Very good point, because I do talk a bit about that as well. And um, yeah, if you're new to this podcast, I would love if you went back and listened to the other previous podcasts where I do talk about ideas to launch um, your album or your EP or single, and also different uh, ideas on social media as well. So I mean, tell us more about your recent um, album, EP, and, and like, what is it? Like, it, it's your, how many how many singles have you got, got out now and how many albums? Tell us all about your music catalog. Okay. Okay, so I haven't actually got any albums out. I released um, my solo EP two years ago, and then I had two standalone singles so far this year, and then there's going to be another single coming out later on this year. I think it's going to be the end of September. But the way I am with my music videos, sorry, I meant to say my singles, <laughs> kind of says it all. The way I am with my singles is there's always a music video because I'm an actress and I've directed some of my music videos. So I liken each of them to kind of almost be like a visual piece of art. Definitely. You know, an audio visual piece of art, if that makes sense. Yeah. Love it, like, because I think that every artist, like, should definitely have a video. I mean, that's the whole, you know, fun part of doing, you know, I mean, obviously, like, writing the song and everything else, like, you're kind of putting your creativity out there and you're putting your emotions out there. But then when you actually do a video, that's when the fun starts happening. I remember, I mean, I suppose, like, even just growing up, like, and watching, 
you know, whoever I was really into at the time, I suppose, like, yeah. you know, Madonna a little bit, like, and all her music videos oh, were God, all yeah. and Madonna is separate art pieces. When I, I remember seeing Like a Prayer when I was a child. Wow, yeah. And I remember, like, watching it in my bedroom when I was really young, thinking, should I be watching this? Because <laughs> the Catholic Church was still a big thing in Ireland oh, and in the world in general. Yeah, true. And I was like, this is really shocking. Oh, my God. And, um, yeah, open your heart. And some of them, like, they're just, like, the, the visual imagery in them, you know yeah. what I mean? It was very provocative for its time. And it now was. it's so tame because yeah. you look at bands now like Little Mix and oh my god some of their fan base they're probably average age 10 and you see Little Mix and you know they're dressed quite provocatively that's, like Madonna or even more so and it's yeah it's, it's all changed very, really that's a pretty good point actually because I suppose like her most mm. um, raunchy piece was I was going to say um, Human Nature but it wasn't that at all it was actually Erotica and that was banned I think and I mean like that is yeah. nothing in comparison to like you know what's going out now so true it's so true but yeah just i mean that is so much fun like you know creating a video i mean even like just going back again to that example like you got like take about vogue and like a prayer and all those ones are all so yeah. different and unique so yeah, yeah so um what was the inspiration behind the uh, the song wasted oh it's a bit of a weird one so um, tell. i'm gonna tell the truth about it because <sighs> I'm not sure he's going to listen to this podcast. We might be okay. So I had a phone call from a friend of mine. Uh, Did I tell you this story before? I think I might have heard the story, yes. Okay. So I was going to say a very general, vague version of it, but it's interesting enough, I suppose. So I had a phone call from a friend of mine, and um, she basically said she saw me to a friend of ours, and that they were homeless, and they were really down and out, and they weren't allowed to see their child, and it was really sad. Oh, but they looked beautiful. They looked absolutely amazing. Yeah. I just thought, that's a bit, that's a bit bizarre. It's a bit of a bizarre comment to make. But I don't know, you know, like they're, they're a really kind, lovely person. The person who rang me saying this on the phone. So there was, yeah, it was, it was just, it was a bit weird. But I was like, that's the starting point of a song. And I was like, I'm really sad. And I said to them on the phone, I was like, I'm actually really sad having this conversation. And I could tell that they were as well. And I was like, there is actually a song there, you know, and I hope that person gets better and they turn their life around. Don't know if they have or not, because I'm not in contact with the person who the song is really roughly and loosely about. Yeah. But um, it's weird. Like, I never really write a song completely about a person, you know. Mm. Um, my single before that was called Sinking Unknowing, and it was loosely inspired by somebody I was kind of dating at the time. Um, as in two or three lines were. Then sometimes I find that songs kind of, they end up turning into something different, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, even when you're thinking of rhyme and imagery and things like that, you can, I don't know, it can springboard into something completely different, if that makes sense. Totally. So you might put another line and think like, oh, that would sound really interesting, that line. And I do write my songs quite visually sometimes. Like sometimes I would almost think with a music video in mind, which is how I kind of wrote the next single. Um, that's going to be coming out in September called Dusty Glitter so I was kind of thinking very visually of that so yeah it's weird so, you know sometimes songs kind of are about people and they're not really if that makes sense yeah well I mean obviously I suppose that there's like that initial spark of inspiration it yeah. could have been generated yeah. by a person but then it just develops into oh yeah all sorts of different things I can imagine I'm liking the, the title of your, uh, your next um, track as well Dusty Glitter what was the inspiration behind yeah. that or should I ask um, this is going to sound absolutely terrible. <laughs> just, uh, just, I was just thinking of different things and I was, I had this idea of this character 
it's kind of related to Wasted in some ways. It, 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 originally, it was kind of a love song, and it was about, like, addictions and people not getting their act together and that sort of thing. And mm. it was kind of a sad love song. And then I changed it into a happy song and made it a lot faster. Okay. So initially, it was about this character. We'll call them Dusty Glitter. Okay. And uh, this person, basically, they, they always seem like they have their life together, and they seem really perfect and perfect makeup and dress really well, but they don't fully shine. Um, so they're like dusty glitter. Do you know what I mean? There, there's something yeah, beneath the surface like that. there. If that makes sense. Yeah. So whether they're, you know, they're they're troubled or yeah, there's there's something kind of beneath it. So that was the initial thing that sparked it, just an idea. Mm. And then I was thinking, oh, dusty glitter. And then it was the title. And then I looked the title up on Spotify, and I was like, oh, I don't think a song exists with that title. So this will be mm. quite good for SEO, um, search engine optimization. Like mm. if people were actually looking the song up yeah. by the title, um, there would only really be that song. You know, so that was kind of the main thing. Yeah. Wow. Well, I like I like the uh, the um the the strategy behind it as well. Like where you're obviously being kind of careful and cautious of that you're actually putting the SEO into the title of the song, but also the song as well. I like, don't know. It's, it's probably a very terrible modern way of writing music, isn't it? Um, it can be. <laughs> well, the still the, the 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 title track is still pretty cool, like Dusty Glitter. It yeah. sounds fun, and I'm really surprised as well that there isn't another song called that. There must be somewhere, surely, but you never know. Probably not. Not that I know of. No, when I when, when I put it to Spotify, there was nothing. Mm. Um, and yeah. when I googled it, there was there wasn't too much either. So it's it is kind of funny. And then my single before earlier this year, Sinking Unknowing. There's there's only one Sinking Unknowing on um Spotify, That's really which cool wasn't thing. deliberate. That was just um accidental. So I don't know, yeah. but um. Yeah, it's weird to be thinking subconsciously with kind of, or was it consciously, or was it a bit conscious, I well, suppose, with SEO and stuff in mind, it's mad. Possibly as well, it's also, also kind of, you know, trains your mind to kind of think a bit more unique, because, I mean, say, for example, if we didn't have the, you know, if we didn't have the internet, I guess, like, you know, to, to kind of have yeah. this other sort of out-of-the-box thought, like, when you're also being creative, then you can... I probably um, do think a little bit too out-of-the-box at times, maybe it's that as well. So, no, I, I think, think it's, it's a good probably thing. probably that. Yeah. I, th I think your I think your um social media is really really good, which we're actually going to talk about in a bit as well. Like, so I would like to yeah. kind of pick your brain a bit, like, and have you give some uh, really good insightful tips. Being a musician yourself, um, practicing it and doing it, and like that's a really good tip right there as well. Is to um see if you can kind of include the SEO, search engine optimization, in the title of your song. Um, just because yeah, it gets it gets you know it comes up the rank, you know it gets indexed better on Google. Um, no matter what platform you're putting it on. And um, also just for the fact that, as I was mentioning, it kind of might sort of force your mind to think a little bit out of the box because, as I was going to say, for example, if you were uh, just being creative and you thought of a, of a song and uh, thought you were the only person with it, and then when it comes to reality, you're actually one of like hundreds of thousands of people, and it's like, okay. Whereas, you know, if you're trying to think, okay, we can go we've got like Google at our fingertips to kind of see what else is out there, like with those titles or those words and, you know, everything else. Like, so it just kind of yeah. makes it, yeah, I, I think it just kind of makes it a little bit more creative because you really have to think about it a bit harder than just kind of like thinking something out of thin air and thinking, oh, that's really cool. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, it forces you to be kind of be that bit more creative and um, also works, you know, to your benefit too, because you can find it a lot easier. So... With um yeah, so you're on Spotify anyway, that's really good. So you're Clara McDonald on Spotify as well. Um Yeah, I use DistroKid for all my online distribution and I have to say modern music business stuff I couldn't get my head around it for a while. And I'm so glad now that I'm starting to get my head around it in the last few weeks, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
And so what... it's, it's funny because years ago, mm-hmm. years ago, God, like I'm 37 now, and years ago it was this case when I, from when I was 18, I used to endlessly just record demos, demos, demos. I recorded mm-hmm. the guts of an album. I did 11 tracks before in a studio. And I was, you know, you kind of hope, oh, this will get picked up by somebody. I had meetings in Universal in Ireland, um, Universal Music, when I was 24. I had meetings in there with them, and they were like, oh, we don't like the production, come back to us, but it's slightly different. Because back then, it was always about getting a record deal, getting a record deal. Yeah, that's right. And the great thing about the industry now is if you find a distributor that works, whether it's TuneCore or DistroKid, you can release your own music, and you can take... 100% 100% of the profits, I think it's 100% of the profits with DistroKid. Once you pay your fee, your yearly fee with them, you don't have to worry about any of these cuts. Do you know what I mean? From a record label, you don't have yeah. to worry about recoupment or any of that. So it is really good. Um, but in some ways, it was me getting my head around that. Mm-hmm. It was it was so easy, but I kept trying to make it more complicated, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of musicians as well have the exact same struggle as that. Because, as I was mentioning to you, actually, because we were having a chat before about this, yeah, a lot of musicians really struggle with like the whole idea of that they have to the whole online concept. Because yes, they love the creativity, they like you know the introversion of it as well. Like you know, kind of, they would ideally like to be locked away in a log cabin in the middle of the woods, like just being creative and being cool. You know what I mean? But the fact of the matter, and the reality of the matter is, like you know, things have changed and moved along. So the yeah. only way you're ever going to actually get exposure and make money is actually if you appear online, and the more regularly, the better. You know. So, I mean, you're, yeah, you, you've got an excellent presence online. You're constantly, you're always on Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, and everything else. Like, you know, so your presence is really good. But how did you eventually get your head around having to, to figure it out? And what, what, what made it kind of click for you, I suppose? Um, I think I've always been into the online end of things. When YouTube first came about, like, I think, God, that could be like 13 years ago now. Maybe it's, oh, God, yeah. it could be 14. I'm starting to be really <laughs> about old. that, yeah. When, yeah, when YouTube Ten, first came yeah, about, um, I was one of the first people in the country that was regularly vlogging and now yeah. I've privatized most of these videos but some of my old videos were having like 200,000, 300,000 views wow. and I think even there was um, a couple of years after that there was a Zodiac Sessions live video that I did I think I think that still has maybe 200,000 or 100,000 views or something so even like videos I was doing in collaboration like with other channels were getting a lot of views back then because there were very few people utilizing what was out there but now there's too many people on youtube and i think as i was saying earlier it is pretty hard to get your views on youtube i mean you could look into doing google ads on youtube to get views which i'm gonna look into next to be quite honest because my seo was pretty solid enough but i have seen bands that when they release a music video they might have pretty solid numbers on their instagram and their facebook but when they release a music video on youtube they might only have 70, vid- 70 views on it after a month. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's pretty bad. Well, so yeah, it's something to be aware of. And things are adapting and changing all the time. Like MySpace, it took me a while. I'm going to sound really old again. It took me a while to get my head around MySpace. But MySpace was one of those things where I had a music profile on it. I had like a good few people on that. And I even would have had people that would have kind of known me through MySpace in Ireland. You know, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. And then with Bebo... I didn't really like Bebo. Bebo, mm. I don't know, how did you find Bebo? Bebo didn't really suit me as a platform. I didn't have many friends in it, and I wasn't really good at using it. I didn't mind and it, I think, yeah. It's all right. I think like, the, thing, the thing that I loved about Facebook, when Facebook came I out, when like, Facebook brought out um, the chat, when Facebook brought yeah. out the chat, I absolutely loved that. Yeah. And yeah, so I don't know, but it's, with me, I think... I was doing my social media stuff all along, but it's just after clicking with me when the last couple of weeks and stuff and the last couple of months, because I don't have a manager at the moment and I release all my music myself. 
I don't have a proper good agent for my acting. So it's just really about branding and having consistent branding throughout all your platforms. I do find that that really works, you know, and you can nearly trick people into thinking that you do have management. I mean, a Facebook friend of mine the other day put a comment on my personal page. I don't know if you saw that. And they said, um, so you have management now. I see you got yourself a manager or something like that. And I was just like, oh God, this is so embarrassing. You know, mm. but, yeah, <laughs> there are ways to subconsciously trick people into thinking you're slightly bigger than you are, and more professional oh, than you totally. are through social media. And just to go back there as well, like as you were mentioning, uh, talking about uh, YouTube, um, and yeah. you know how difficult it is to kind of get seen there because we don't want to kind of deter anybody from going on YouTube because YouTube is still a very solid platform. Like it's a huge. It is, but you need to be consistent That's and you need to not give up. What is going to say? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you do need to be consistent, and um, you do need to do regular videos and at a regular time periods. So whether it's every day at a similar time of day or whether it's twice a week, always on a Wednesday or a Sunday. Now, I'm not consistent with my YouTube the mm. last few years. Mostly I use YouTube for quite irregular vlogs if I'm doing um, like a gig or my vlog it or a festival or something and I can put my music videos up. I'm going to get back to it really soon. But you definitely need to be consistent with your YouTube. Also, on your about part, on your about page on YouTube, a lot of people don't utilize that. You need to put like your full details there as well for SEO to be found. Mm. You need to look into your metadata for your YouTube as well. Because it's not just about putting tags in a video. You have to kind of mirror what's in your title, but word it slightly different. Make sure all your social media links are there. Um, using your lyrics a lot of the time in your YouTube video in the description actually helps as well. You Very know? good. That's, that's a good tip yeah. actually, including the lyrics as well. Um, and I was going to say as well, I mean, just on a personal uh, observation, I mean, with YouTube, I mean, you basically, it's such a, it's such, it's such free reign, which is what I love about it as well. Yeah. It can be completely raw and blurry and whatever, but like sometimes the content could be really good. So you're still listening to it and watching it going like, oh, okay, whatever about the, the, the visuals. Like, I just want to hear what they're saying or just even hear like what music that is. But um, then you have like an IGTV and, you know, I think that every single video, even though considering IGTV is like so new, all yes. the videos on it are so polished, I find. You know, so you kind of really feel like embarrassed putting up a video of you just like, you know, vlogging, whatever, because they all look so polished and so perfect. But they're on YouTube. But they're, they're not all like, like that, though. They're not all like that. I think yeah, that's I just a lot of them that they've been pushing to put into the front page. Yeah, the algorithm kind of pushes it up to the top. And like, and, this yeah. is the thing. So um, Instagram TV hasn't fully taken off. Oh, and yes. what they're doing at the moment is they're pushing videos onto the main Discover page, onto like the, the main home feed on yes. Instagram. Mm -hmm. They're trying to make it take off more. And that's why I feel like people should jump onto it and they should do Instagram TV. I don't yeah. know if you feel like that. Yeah. Because now is kind of the time, if you want to be discovered, do Instagram TV stuff now, totally you know, great. even if it only means that you're putting your music videos up and things like that, or you're putting trailers for your music videos, it's better than nothing. And do put tags on it as well. I found that that kind of works. Yeah. And then the other thing is there's a really good app for that to make your videos vertical and it's free and it's called InShot and you can find it in your app store on your phone. There you go. That's a really good tip yeah. as well. Uh, personally, I did. I started being consistent with um, IGTV there for about a, uh, actually a bit more than a week, maybe a week and a bit. Yeah. <laughs> but then so I was lost. Yeah. I do, I do, I do. I yeah. have to like grab some content. I think actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, one of my other favorite things besides music, of course, is uh, I am quite big into spirituality and of course you know the yes. law of attraction, all that as well. Yes. So I was thinking about doing some IGTV videos on that. And yeah. speaking of, um, tell us about the VMAs that you went to in Hollywood.
Okay, so I was really embarrassed when you mentioned this at the start of the interview. I thought you were going to make it one of VMA or something. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you never know. Well, never say never. Okay, so I don't know, your listeners, how much they know about the law of attraction because I first kind of got into it in a more full-on way when the book The Secret came out, okay? Um, and I, I guess I read that, God, it could be like 12 years ago, 13 years ago. I can't remember. Did you read The Secret? I did, yes, I did, I did. Yeah, and looking back, I don't really like The Secret because The Secret kind of is like, I mean, it's good. It's like an introduction to things, but The Secret makes you think it's just positive thinking and just daydream and things will happen, you know? And it doesn't really tell you about that sometimes you need to take a bit of action or there, there might be a bridge of incidents of really shitty things that might happen before you get to the thing that you want. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It, it kind of sugarcoats everything. That's what I think it anyway. Does. And also, ignorance is bliss. And when you're younger, I think when you're younger, you can kind of manifest things as in positive things because you manifest everything, whether it's good or bad, as you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Thoughts are things, so you do manifest everything. Yeah, but I think, I think when you're a lot younger, you're more ignorant about things and you're not really thinking, oh, what if this doesn't happen there's less doubts there so when I was 16 I was watching TV and they had launched that month MTV UK in Ireland before that was just called MTV UK or MTV Europe maybe but it was it wasn't called MTV UK in Ireland until that month I haven't had MTV in years so I'm not sure what it is now if it's just MTV UK or what it is but they had launched it and they were specifically calling it MTV UK in Ireland. And they mm-hmm. put on this ad and they were like, do you want to come to the VMAs in Hollywood? You can come to the VMAs and like all expenses trip and you'll yeah. stay in this hotel and you'll see all these bands during your stay. And then it was like, answer this question, who won the most VMAs last year? And I knew it was mm-hmm. Beck because I oh, thought yeah, Beck yeah. was pretty cool. And, um, do you remember what album it was now? I can't remember, but I think he won nine awards. I have a really bad long-term what? memory, and I remember that. Was it like Mellow Goals, the first one, where you had losers? It was 1998. Was. Oh, wow, okay. Go on, anyway, sorry. I'm distracted. I know, I'm fucking... I'm absolutely... Oh, God, I swore in your podcast. This is so bad. Sorry, all the advertisers. Oh, you're I'm grand. So it's a podcast. You can fucking say whatever the fuck you want. Okay. It's grand. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so, like, I don't know why. Like, this is before the law of attraction. So, I used to do things but not even realize. So, I was thinking, like... I'm going to win. I'm going to Hollywood. And <laughs> this is really showing my age, okay? So this is before my family had the internet at home. I don't think anybody had their internet at home really in 1998. I think it was like a year after that or two, maybe. Yeah, I think it was like about a year after that. So I was 16, and it was like the, the competition was entered by postcard. I swear to God, this is absolutely mad. wow. Yeah, my dad used to have his own stationery company. So he had these plain postcards that were just like literally blank cards. And I was big into art and into drawing. So I thought, if I draw weird designs with, like, highlighters and different markers um, and make it, like, mostly yellow, mine will get picked out of the bag. Mm-hmm. I mean, what sort of absolute Egypt thinks like that? It was a competition <laughs> for all of UK and Ireland. Well, but I knew yeah. I was, I knew. Such a big prize as well. <laughs> Such a small little thing. I knew, yeah. I knew I was going to win, and I didn't even have a passport. Uh-huh. And I had told my mother that I was going to bring her, and she didn't have a passport at the time. Like, she had mm. to, like, get a new one if, if we won. But I knew we were going to win. So it was really awkward. So basically, Donna Eyre was the first. Oh, I'm showing my age. I Donna remember Air Donna Eyre. Yeah, where mm. is she these days? I think I've seen her. She popped up somewhere there a couple of years ago. Yeah, go on. Oh, she's in a much posher accent now. Now she's not from Newcastle anymore. Oh, but anyway, right. So Donna Eyre, basically, um, it was like their version of like TRL. Yeah. It was like a kind of request show. And Donna Eyre, basically, I had told I, I was kind of, 
I was told I won or something. I think they rang me and they're like, oh, we're going to put you on air. You know, the way oh that everything's kind of a little bit fake. Yeah. And they rang me and they put me on air. And I was like, what the fuck? But I, I didn't, I didn't swear on TV. But I kind of knew I was going to win. And then I do remember this next bit, my terrible memory, but I do remember it. They asked me if I wanted to request a song and I chose um, Robbie Williams' Millennium. Oh, really? Oh, Williams. my God. I yeah. thought Robbie Williams was like the hottest man ever. Him and Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20. Yeah, my oh really weird taste of men. But anyway, so they played that. And uh, I still didn't have a passport. And they had to totally, like, I had to get this passport rushed through, like, in the way you can pay extra money. Yeah. So I went over with my mom. But, like, nothing happened. It was just a holiday. But basically, that was my first ever thing of manifesting it. And we were at, like, um, we went to, uh, this was kind of a funny, weird story. We went to um, the House of Blues in Hollywood, in Hollywood Boulevard. Okay. Did it go? It's gone, yeah. Like, I remember, like, the House of Blues oh, is a really, really famous venue. Like, and yeah, everybody. Yeah, there's a few of them, isn't there? I think there's one in Vegas. Everybody there played there. There's a few of them. Any big, any yeah. big celebrity, like, you know, from the 60s and everything. But, yeah, they tore but it they, down, bastards. So, the one on, on Sunset Boulevard is gone? Yeah, they tore it down for construction. Whoa. They're building apartments or something. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, anyway, um, being 16 and a bit of an idiot, as I'd already said, they said that we were going to go see the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh and yeah, the, the Google Dolls had Iris said then, yeah. and I I loved that song. Yeah, and the bare naked ladies. So I was going over to it, my mom, and my mom was like, oh, "I don't know about this. That this is strippers." And I was yeah. like, "Oh no, it's probably um, the Google Dolls are a band, and bare naked ladies are probably burlesque, and yeah, but, oh, like yeah. bare naked ladies are a band, like you know." Yeah, 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 naked. yeah. So it was, it was really good. And then my mom was trying to pay for drinks at that party. And they were like, no, 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 it's free. Like, are you trying to give us a tip? It was all free drinks the whole night. Oh my God. And then when we went to the MTV Awards, um, like nothing <gasps> bad sure happened. I'm sure you couldn't drink, it. actually, because you're only 16. Oh, no, I, oh. I drank. <laughs> oh, good. Thank God. Okay, it's going to go. Oh, no, <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> Sorry, I, I availed. Oh, well, that's just my mother, my mother turned a blind eye. But no, I, I availed of, of the free drink. But, um, <laughs> so glad terrible. to hear <laughs> this is going to come back to haunt me no any 16 year olds listening to it don't do it yeah but, well, um, fair enough yeah. and it's 21 <laughs> apparently the law over in the, over in the states as well which sucks but anyway yeah um, so um, no I, I didn't like, get drunk or anything but I did yeah. I did have one or two drinks in the hotel room or in the shower <laughs> in the shower I, before you were no, I, no, no I, didn't, I don't remember doing that I definitely didn't do that but anyway no. so I got to see Brandy and Monica perform I got to see Marlon Manson perform oh. Um, the Black Eyed Peas before Fergie was singing oh, with them and I got to see lots of those acts and it was really cool and then the after party was um, in Universal in like the theme park oh, and um, I was standing right beside Kevin from the Backstreet Boys for ages but like I suffer quite badly from oh, anxiety yes. which yeah the, the listeners probably can't tell that I have anxiety no. but no I do and like when I was 16 I didn't know I had anxiety I thought it was just an absolute weirdo like I was like this alien so I used to struggle really hard with eye contact and talking to strangers. So like standing beside Kevin from the Backstreet Boys, who I thought was like an absolute ride. I just didn't do anything. I was just like, God, he's really tall. He's like six four or something. Yeah. And then Shirley from Garbage was right beside me. I was obsessed with garbage and I couldn't bring myself to say anything. But um, yeah, that was it. Now, if I was 16 again, I would be like, hi, everybody. I sing. I write songs. Listen oh, to well. me. Like, like the 16 year olds nowadays. That's what I yeah. do, you know, but yeah. Hindsight is a great thing, really, isn't it? Like, yeah, and, yeah of course. The, the moral of my story is, mm. it is real. The law of attraction is real. And yeah. it's not just positive thinking, you know? And a lot of it is about letting go, setting your intentions. Um, you know, I've been trying the last while. I've been trying to get further into it. And because, as I said, I did discover the secret. My mother, when I was growing up as a child, used to make me write down my wishes and things like that. Mm. And we'd burn them. Which... 
I didn't realize was a form of law of attraction, like methodology. You know, I didn't really realize all that, um, like scripting. And so I was kind of doing a version of scripting. But it's only in the last few weeks and months that I've fallen deeper into it. And I've discovered Neville Goddard and mm. I've discovered like the power of words and mm-hmm. NLP. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to take certain words out of my vocabulary. I don't know if you're like that. Um, definitely trying to be conscious of certain things you say. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a good point. Like wish, which I, I think I said a second ago, I've been trying to work on that and hope and but, but is actually a huge one. It really is. And yeah. for business as well. Yeah, I'm still kind of at like you know, the fact that you were standing, you know, you're like in the Universal Park at the after party with all these celebrities around you. That just sounds crazy and manic. And like, what happened when you got back from um, from that trip? Was there any, it was like, there you go now, bye, thank you very much. That was a good price, see you later. Um, <clears throat> like, or yeah, was there any follow up? Of course, no, it was just a competition. But the really strange thing is, there was, there was other stuff that were going on in my life around the same time during that month. So. <laughs> When I was 16, this is the exact same month. This A lot of things in law of attraction all happen the same time. You know, it's, when your vibrations are up, a lot of good things can all come up. When it's the same as somebody might say, like, I'm having a lot of bad luck at the moment. Like, um, my my phone broke, my car broke down, and my boyfriend dumped me. And it's like, mm-hmm. when you're vibrationally quite low at the moment, so you can, I know that sounds bad, but when you're in that kind of mindset, things can happen. Yeah. You know, if you're in a high vibration mindset. So that month... I sent, um, I'd say it was a letter or a postcard, it wasn't an email, to RT, to the Young People's Programs, to Echo Island. I'm not sure if you remember that show. Oh, I and, do. I never watched it, but I remember all of it. Yeah, so I never that, watched it. So that RT. same month, I sent them um, a letter, and I said, hi, my name is, okay, I'm going to say my real name, <laughs> my birth name. Hi, my name is Claire MacDonald, and mm. I'm a singer-songwriter. I write songs. I'd love to go on your show. I'd love to appear on your show. So they got back to me and they said, oh, we'd love to have you on. And you know the way nothing is real on TV. They wanted me to go on the show and pretend to be a busker. Uh-huh. And I've never done that before in my life. Now, since I've done that, I did that as a job when I lived in Germany in my early 20s. I was like, this is just crazy. So I had to go on to Grafton Street and pretend to be a busker. And I was so nervous because I had really bad nerves back then that I decided not to do one of my own songs. Even though I was interviewed about my music, I sang an Oasis song. <laughs> Oh God! Wow. Okay. <laughs> I know it's terrible, and I have that. Well, it depends. Which one? Don't look back in anger because oh, it's like the really right. good one, really. But one of the few good ones. I mean, Noel is a very good songwriter. Isn't he? he? Is. Noel was kind of the talent of the band. And like it's very so melodic as well. Like so, it can go to your to a female yeah. to a female vocalist. So, so I, yeah, I, I, I have filmed that, and they hadn't kind of put that on the show yet. And this is the weird thing. So that same month, I won the competition for RTE. Wow. And yeah, and I think I had told them when I was filming that I can't remember. My long term memory is pretty rubbish, but I think I told them around that time I'm after winning this trip. And then they invite me back into RT to be interviewed about the trip. Wow. And RT actually lent me a camera to bring to LA to try to get footage Ooh. at the MTV Awards. But obviously, I'm not going to be allowed to film. Like, and stupid, naive me yeah. took the camera off them. And um, it's just, it's crazy. So, like, I, I got kind of like very little footage for them and stuff but they put me on the sofa and I, I was in the studio in RT and I was talking about like going to the MTV Awards and showing photographs they were coming up on the screen and everything and oh, wow. uh, then like that same episode like Glenn Hansard and the frames were playing now at 16 I'd never heard of Glenn Hansard the frames and I remember watching back on TV thinking because I mean you know when you see the full edited thing and I was thinking oh who are the frames they're kind of rubbish I've never heard of them 
And I'm actually a huge Glenn Hansard fan now, so it's like I love terrible. the frames now, but I didn't like them yeah. for years and years and years. Oh no, and years. I absolutely, I was just like, I don't get that. And they were bigging yeah. them up. You know the way like artists can be bigged up a lot and they're like, this mm. huge band and they're touring all around Europe at the moment and the singers and the commitments or whatever they were saying about them. Mm. And I was just like, oh, like yeah. frames, never heard of them. So it was kind of funny. That's so yeah, hilarious. that's my very long-winded that is an amazing story. story of the law of attraction i mean that is just the pinnacle yeah. and particularly as well the fact that like everything was happening all in the same month yeah and i was going to say yeah. like i don't want to i don't want to turn the conversation down like i was going to say as you were saying which i totally agree is like your vibration was obviously yeah. really really up you know what yeah. made it go down that at all the, the momentum stopped or waned uh what did you do after all of that like you must have been so excited and such a high and such a buzz after rte and after echo ireland and being filmed and going to the vmas and everything well, else what did you do then or what was your plan of action and what were you thinking you were going to do next we see this it was a very different time period back yes, in 1800 true. and 98 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a very different time i mean if that was nowadays yeah and so much you could if, do if yeah. i had a child of my own right now and they were 16 well, no, actually, I wouldn't be a momager. But do you know what I mean? If it was a very different time yeah. back then. So suppose, a 16-year-old now would be able to put all that on social media. Yeah, that's so true. And a 16-year-old now, limited. a lot of them, not all 16-year-olds now, but, I mean, some might be more confident and might have been over, like, I might have talked to Sherry from Garbage and been like, yeah. I'm a really big fan of you. Can I sing for you? Which is a very She was playing recently in Dublin, actually. I'm really glad I didn't <laughs> I know, go to I heard that. Yeah. No, but do you know what I mean? I'm just saying, like, it was a very different time period that nothing yes. could have really come about it, really. Well, um, and I didn't have good confidence in myself. And the year before that, I was quite badly bullied in school. Oh. Which I now know is because vibrationally, I'm not saying that people deserve to be bullied. But I was a weirdo. I was always somebody, as I said earlier, that thought inside the box, acted outside the box. And it, it, it made me very low vibrationally act. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. I, I, I see where no, you're yeah. because I Because I was kind of bringing it to law of attraction in a way, because I had no confidence really, I had anxiety and I was getting bullied. I, I wouldn't have really felt confident enough to push myself more. And I was kind of wishing and hoping. Okay which is coming from a place of lack and want, which is yeah. bad for law of attraction. So I was kind of thinking, I was in transition year in school as well. My plan was, I'm going to become famous. Something's yeah. going to happen. But I wasn't taking any action. Does that make any sense? So that was kind yeah. of as far as it went. Now, also that same year, maybe about two months after that, I was on RTE again. Wow. And it was a thing called Pop Scene, and it was like young people reviewing music. And I remember one of the bands I had to review was um, an R.E.M. album. I think it was Up, maybe. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I they know. had something called that. I don't recall particularly, yeah. but I, but think I, I that loved it because I love Orium. And the other people on the panel were like, "Oh, it's really depressing," but like yeah. I kind of find Orium uplifting. But anyway, okay. so it it was weird. I think I was kind of like a bit chill in some ways. I was anxious, like no confidence, but I think I kind of thought like things will happen. And it was only really when I got to about. 21 I, I actually was in Hollywood twice that year which is a very long story for the listeners so we won't go into it wow. but it's kind of like when realization hits when it's like I don't think I want to be famous I wouldn't want to be famous just for the sake of being famous yeah. and it's it's so much hard work do you know what I mean oh, a lot I of it is a lot of it can be age-driven. And yeah. at 21, I almost, I almost felt, felt old the last time I was in Hollywood. You know what yeah. I mean? I was, I was over there doing acting stuff. Yeah. And it was all about making it. And it, to me, it shouldn't be about that. And there are a lot yeah. of young people now that are pushed out by their parents that are young teenagers. And it is about making it and about being famous. And the whole Andy Warhol thing about 15 minutes of fame, mm -hmm. it's now 15 seconds of fame. Mm. And I think it needs to be about building a career and building a brand 
and connecting with people and being real and authentic. Yes. And that's my rant there. Sorry, Antonia. No, I think Sorry. it's fantastic. It's really good information yeah. as well. Because I was going to say, like, where I was kind of thinking is, like, of course, like, yeah, nowadays it'd be all social media and everything else. You could post it up when you've had, like, those amazing, yeah. amazing experiences. I was kind of thinking, like, in your, like, where would you be at? Like, is it great? Okay, I'm going to write a really good album or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tour yeah. in Ireland or whatever. You know, I mean, because, yeah, I mean, that's, like, the, the scope of what it was back then. It was, like, I mean, that's yeah. as big as you were going to get. It was, like, you know, I'm going to yeah. play out an album or I'm going to tour. That's that's really, like, the only box, like, of our minds that we could actually kind of work in until, like, we were to kind of go, and then the world, do you know? But um, yeah. now, of course, it's just, like, the world instantaneously. But, um, but you have to think in a way, though, like, mm. with me at 16, the mm. MTV thing was literally just me winning a holiday. I know. But yeah, it's so it amazing. It was just that it had made me feel so confident in myself really? because so I, I wasn't aware of Law of Attraction at that time, but I felt like I had done that and because sounds... I had wished for it and I had done it. And also like that same month, the RTE thing happened. So I just felt like I felt powerful within myself because it was like I can... I can intend things and they can happen, if that makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And yeah. I mean, that is a proof and absolutely a great example as well. So, yeah, I mean, to any of the listeners as well, I mean, the fact is if you just really put your mind to something and if you actually take the action to make it go forward and, and laser focus in on it, it can absolutely come into fruition without doubt because even I've done that myself, yeah. you know, I mean, even if it's a case of like just, you know, wanting something but then kind of going, oh, do you know what, I don't really need it anymore, it will then kind of, it will then start coming into my life. Or even if I actually really laser in on something in particular and I work at it, it yeah. will be achieved as well. But I think just like in the past number of years, and I'm sure the same with yourself and the same with like everybody as well, there's so many different things you want out there that you just don't know which one to focus on. So you're kind of just all yes. over the place. Yeah. And then you get distracted. Then you go down the rabbit hole of other things. And then you're like frustrated because you didn't get that. Oh, it can go on and go on, you know. But yes, if you, if you know exactly what you want, it is 100% achievable without doubt. So, um, so yeah, so just to kind of go into like your social media tips and uh, strategy, I suppose, like if you have any sort of advice and branding as yeah. well for musicians, that'd be great. Yeah, well, I mean, branding is a thing that I'm only really kind of properly considering the last few years. I remember, to talk about myself first, um, when I went, I went to college in the rock school in Ballyfermot, and there was a thing that they had that every year they would have like a little showcase thing at the end of the year. And I don't know if they still have this, but the second years would watch back a videotape. Yeah, show my age again. Hmm. And oh, actually, maybe it was a DVD. I'm not sure. But the second years would critique the first years. And they would critique them on their stage presence, their performance, and what they were wearing. And at the time, I was a singer-songwriter. And I was listening a lot to like the likes of Jewel and Sheryl Crow people. I'm now compared to... I'm kind of going back doing what I used to do. Okay. And But I also love Linkin Park. Because mm -hmm. Linkin Park makes rap and mm -hmm. rock. And I loved hip-hop, and um, I had started a band that were nothing like that. I wanted them to be really heavy, and I wanted to be like Chester. But they ended up sounding a bit, but they were, um, they ended up, God, our first name was called Extinguished, which is like really, oh, me trying to be rock and roll. But we ended up being more like, kind of like the Carpenters meets Oasis. So we weren't really that rock and roll. So at our showcase gig, at our showcase gig, I had like pink and red going on through my blonde hair. I had um, a little belly top corset thing pvc trousers and oh, giant platform heels and uh my nose ring in and i thought i looked really cool and really rock and roll but then we sang this little folk song okay and, yeah, um, really yeah so i don't know if you know fake moriarty he's actually he's actually a really brilliant singer songwriter but he was mm -hmm. in the year above me and i couldn't stand him for ages because of this because yeah. he gave feedback and he said that my image awesome. didn't make any sense for how i sounded and he was like she sounds like a folk singer but she looks like she's trying to be a rocker. It doesn't work. The branding doesn't work. 
Mm. And I never listened to it. And on and off for years, I, I didn't realize the tie between like fashion and music, that there needed to be a tie. And I'm an absolute fashion whore. I have so many bits of clothing everywhere. I collect hats, I collect so many things. And it's only in the last few years. Um, I did a few kind of cabaret gigs at burlesque nights. And I was getting really into jazz and into like old time rock and roll and old soul, things that sounded very vintagey. And I just thought, hey, I love wearing vintage clothes. So that kind of became my brand on social media. My personality, as you know, Tony, is a bit weird and quirky. I wouldn't so, say the personality is weird and quirky. I'd say it's bubbly and bright. And I think that your clothes oh, are really okay. cool and really unique. And I'm really yeah, kind of like so I, I do, well, I inspired do try to wear by bright the inspiration. Try wear bright colors quite a lot on Instagram. Mm, that's my thing. Yeah, I love the bright colors. And I always, I always try have um, an element of something vintagey looking, whether it's real vintage do, or it's kind yeah, of like a yeah. replica thing. And that's my branding. And I've, mm. I've just done that the last while. And I do feel, and then I'm gone quite Americana the last while, which was kind of like a, a way a lot of music was that I was listening to as a teenager, as I mentioned, like Cheryl Crow and everything. So. I have like, and I love Patsy Cline growing up, so neck scarves. So the thing in the last while I was like, neck scarves, I don't like my neck. I'm 37, high, powerful neck. So uh, yeah, so that's my thing. So I think going back to other people, I think branding is not just a logo. Some people do think yeah. branding is a logo and especially a lot of rock bands, they're trying to get their logo created. And I was like, that was in a rock band, Hypno Pup of five years. We were all about like, let's get our logo done, let's get our logo done. I think if you do have a logo, or some sort of profile image that you get done off like a great photographer, make sure everything is consistent within all your social media platforms. So if you have one pro profile picture that you really want to represent you as your, an artist, your look, or maybe your profile picture, you want it to be your logo, have that same picture be on your Twitter, be on your Instagram, be on everything and make it very identifiable as you, if that makes sense. And I don't know if you agree with that. Oh no, absolutely. I totally 100% do. I mean, that's what I've been saying myself before on previous podcasts is to yeah. have like consistency um, across all your branding. Like, so yeah, all of your platforms have the same thing, be it a logo or whatnot. And I mean, also just even if you were to go onto my Instagram, Antonia K. Moore, there's actually a yeah. free, there's a link there for a free guide for um, branding yourself as a musician. Download that. It's completely free and uh, have a read through it as well. I can check it out just because it kind of gives you an idea like how to brand. If you're Say like yourself, like you were a bit of a rocker, yeah. but you were into folk, you didn't know what you actually wanted. Yeah. Just like it kind of gives you an idea just to kind of sit down, get a piece of paper, really think about, you know, different things. I've got a few tips in there, like of how to kind of generate the thought and the ideas of what it is you actually want to do and who you actually are and represent that then as yourself in your branding. So it's really important. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then I think um, going back to social media as well, I think it's so important to pay attention to your cover photos on social media. Mm. The amount of bands that you see that they think they're great and they create a cover photo and Canva.com or whatever they're using or Photoshop mm. and it just doesn't fit properly. It looks okay on desktop, but then when you go to a mobile phone, the graphics are all squished over. You can't read them properly. I think it's very important to resize for each platform. And um, for the cover photo on YouTube, it, the graphics have to be a lot smaller than that. And some people don't realize that. And as I said before, it has to be consistent, all of them. Um, to know who you are as an artist, to know who you or who you want to be, what you want to be known for. Do you know what I mean? Um, I always keep my stories quite consistent. I do a lot of stories on Instagram, but I always would have quite consistent stuff that I would talk about. Like mostly, if it's about my personal life, I don't talk about my family or... I talk about my friends that want to be talked about. Like I'd mention you, I would share a lot of your stories. Um, <laughs> I share a lot of law of attraction stuff and I am vegan and I do share a lot of that sort of thing, but I don't want to be too preachy. 
Um, so what was I going to say as well? Um, it's know your audience, which is a huge mm. thing. And I think you've talked about that before as well. Mm-hmm. And I have mostly, um, if I'm going to be honest, um, people that have been listening to my music and commenting that are becoming fans for the last while have been older gay men mm. and um, older women quirky kind of alternative older women as in women Mm. over 30 if that makes sense and the fashion element has kind of helped me with reach and engagement on social media so I was kind of wearing kind of quirky items so I had these earrings that were like um cherries and strawberry shaped earrings and from wearing kind of quirky elements I was getting comments then the women saying oh where did you get this where did you get that and I'm not Mm. trying for brand deals or anything but I think sometimes to have a kind of quirky element in a photograph that can be a conversation conversation starter and also um on Instagram posts as well to have like almost like mini blog posts as well to kind of reveal a bit about your music or to educate people about something is really helpful Definitely, that that's really good advice, actually. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, yeah, to kind of have something that stands out. So it's not just you in a pair of jeans with a t-shirt. It's you in a pair of jeans yeah. with a t-shirt with maybe a really cool choke or a really cool like yeah cherry earrings or just like a hat or something. Just to kind of or add that little bit of character. Or your location, like to make somebody talk about it. Like there are some mm. artists I could see Sorry. on Instagram, and I'd be almost a bit shocked. And it's literally their feed might just be like nonstop selfies of their face, selfies of their face, and there's nothing different about their makeup. Um, and they don't wonder, like, why am I not getting the engagement on Instagram? Why am I not getting the likes, you know? Yeah. And hashtags are still a thing. I do find not using too many is good. Hashtags in stories are absolutely huge, and not a lot of people are utilizing that as well. Okay. And you can hide your hashtags in a story as well. Don't use more than one hashtag in a story, though. I think the reach kind of doesn't be as good when you do that. But if you squidge your hashtag nice and, nice and small and then put a GIF or some sort of photo over it in your story. It's it's kind of hidden, so it's not very garish when people are looking at it, and that works. Okay, very good. It's a good tip, actually, as well. Yeah, because, I mean, um, Instagram themselves, like, you know, um, forward slash, like, Facebook, they are yeah. working like that, um, apparently, uh, like, the, the hashtag, the 30 hashtag thing is, like, fine. And, I mean, a lot of uh, yes. hashtag strategists, or, sorry, hashtag strategists, uh, Instagram strategists I will say that like the 30 thing is still the thing to do even though they did say they you know came back for a while saying like oh no maybe it's too many but now they're like on oh, yeah but they're also kind of saying that like that Instagram and Facebook themselves that that shadow banning is not a thing I'm witness to the fact yeah, that it, I don't it, know it, how much it, I believe about that because I feel like I have been in the past it is practices so you need to be careful definitely a thing because I've seen it myself actually because I was um putting in like my 30 hashtags whatever and then like yeah. again, one of the hashtags I was using just say for example I was like you know then searching for that and then I would see all my posts going up but then if I if my post didn't actually include the, the topic of the actual hashtag then it wouldn't appear yes. in the feed so that's like basically yeah. shadow banning and, and then that, there's that, another banning. one as well that, that people need to be mindful of is um if you use a hashtag that is just done to death it's not going to work like yeah, if you go hashtag see. vegan it's not going to work if you yeah. go hashtag dublin vegans uh, that's more specific yes um and there are apps and different websites and you, you can look you know you can do research on your hashtags mm-hmm. hashtag curvy girl or hashtag hot guy or hot girl like things like that are just they're done to death yeah you know what i mean you're going to be shadow banned or you're going to be lost somewhere in the hashtag you can even go into like Instagram, into the search in Instagram and just like, you know, go into tags and just yeah. like type in the tag that you're thinking of putting exactly. up there and just see how many people are on it. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm kind of doing now. So I'm going like, okay, well, I won't use that one because it's got like 3.2 million like tags. So I'm obviously never going to be seen there. So, um, and then, then yeah. Tony, there's another one that we haven't mentioned that a lot of people aren't using is a LinkedIn. Uh-huh. 
I use LinkedIn quite a lot. Okay, I use LinkedIn. Yeah, I've been a bit shy to use it because it is kind of more professional. But like now, I'm kind of going. You know what? I'm starting to use it. Now I have had some absolute weirdos try chat me up on LinkedIn before, but you know that's just that's just social media. The modern kind of internet world we live in now. But no, I've also had from sharing stuff about my single recently. I've had like DJs from radio shows contact me and saying, "Can you send me a copy of that?" I got cast in a play last year. I couldn't do it in the end, but like I have got bits of work stuff out of LinkedIn and it's not being used enough by entertainers I totally there's a lot of people in the entertainment industry that are on LinkedIn like there's a lot of producers there's a lot of um directors there's a lot of A&R people um but Mm. artists themselves they're not really using it they have their profiles and they just I log into it every single day that is so true because I mean it is the last like this is um of the indie because I did another podcast before called culture sway yeah but it was kind of I wasn't really too sure where I was going to go with that so kind of I've got it parked for a little while there so indie arena because I did um a radio show for a number of years called indie arena and I decided to move that over to podcast and not just talk about music but talk about the music business and everything else as well so that's why now it's indie arena and it's like the third podcast um so far or no, this would be the fourth but um oh, yeah so but the last one I was brave enough to actually share in LinkedIn because before I was like no one keep that totally separate keep that professional blah 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 no but I did yeah. and like yeah, I'm going do you know what like to hell like you know absolutely you should use it like and it did get a few likes did get a couple of shares like so that was great nearly even more traction than we get like normally like on uh, Facebook or whatnot it's because like I suppose like you know it's sort of new on LinkedIn too to have somebody sharing something whether it's your music or there's a podcast it's generally all sort of corporate things so they you know people like like yeah but this. this but this is a thing it is yeah. or it isn't okay yeah so my feed at the moment because I'm non-stop adding people that work in radio mm. and I'm non-stop adding like music writers and so my feed now is is full of people in the music industry and in the film industry yeah so yeah, like I, I think on. I've nearly, I think I've nearly four thousand connections on LinkedIn. Like people oh, have added me back, or I've added. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it's really good. Good for uh, you. Much more than my personal Facebook. Much more. So yeah, I, I yeah. do use a lot. I, th- I think I think my uh, my Facebook and my like my personal Facebook and my in- not my Instagram, but my um, LinkedIn are the same basically. Well, I actually think my LinkedIn is a bit more. I think I've got like what well, only eighteen. I think on my personal Facebook, and then there's, there's like two thousand then on. Um, yeah on uh on uh linkedin like yeah so there's a few more there like things like 1800 or whatever on the on my personal but then like yeah there's um i think then a thousand on the indie arena facebook page so if you're listening to this and you're liking the show don't forget to go on to indie arena it was actually indie arena radio on facebook and uh give us a like and uh feel free to make a post or like make a post but uh to post something to post any kind of questions queries or comments or send us a dm as well on facebook too so cool. So right, I'm going to just uh, wrap it up now pretty soon. But I wanted to ask you, so I wanted to go back to one thing that you did uh, touch on there earlier on. Just about, um, you mentioned about anxiety that you that you had when you were growing up just for multiple different reasons. But now yeah. the fact that you're in the public eye, let's say, and you are, you know, on stage performing and you're on stage singing. I mean, how did you deal with your anxiety um, over the years, like to try and get yourself to push yourself to be out there in the spotlight? It's weird. I didn't know it was anxiety back then. My mum used to always buy me box rescue remedy. And mm-hmm. I used to just think I had like really bad stage fright and that I was literally a weirdo that I couldn't talk to people or look them in the eye. And as a teenager, oh my God, even in my 20s, when I saw a guy I fancied, like I, I just blushed like mad and be mm-hmm. all crazy. But I just really thought I was crazy. And it's just that we talk about it a lot more. Um, I was diagnosed with an underactive thyroid and I take medication for that. So a lot of it was kind of like biological. 
Mm. Um, but some of it is psychological and I meditate now, practice mm. mindfulness. Um, I don't really drink much. I kind of like go mad and I drink every couple of weeks. And because I used to kind of have the fear as well as an adult, yeah. so that kind of affected my anxiety, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know that's so true. It does. It doesn't help for sure. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I sleep with the light on. I think that's the only thing left I have that's really strange. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's funny. I suppose, do you know what? Like, if I watch something like in an alien, an alien documentary or whatever before going to bed, I will go to sleep with the light on. <laughs> Otherwise, though, it's good. But yeah, I was going to say, actually mentioning aliens, Robbie Williams, there's a new podcast out which yeah. is really interesting as well called Alien Nation with uh, Joe Wood. And uh, Robbie Williams does um, a two uh, double um, podcast on it, like it's two interviews on it basically. And uh, quite interesting stuff actually. You should uh, go back and listen speaking of Robbie Williams because I didn't uh, hear of him in years and the next thing then I saw him on this podcast. Yeah. So. Oh, no, I don't, I don't fancy him anymore. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Well, I, like I thought it was the, really um, bad what he did to his poor wife when she was pregnant. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, God, no. What's the, I, 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 no I had no oh, idea. Oh, God. I think it was something like she was in labor and he just kept posting everything on social media and she was absolutely mortified. Oh, of her. Yeah, and I just thought oh. he was an absolute idiot. Why Why did I think he was like the perfect man? So Okay, yeah, well, he, like. He's still great at what he does, but I think he's a little he bit of an idiot. Probably he probably thought that he was sharing his beautiful experience with the world. Whereas, what, what, what kind he was of. Being, you know what? He was being authentic. And as I That's said earlier, authentic. you have to be authentic, like Louis Capaldi and everybody else right now. So, yeah, I'm only joking. But, like, I suppose as well, like, you have, like, I mean, what's worse is that like Gwen Stefani and uh, the guy that she was with, like, you know, because actually when she was in labor yeah. with her kid, he was off with somebody else. That's fucking mm. a lot worse. So, anyway. But, yeah, yeah so, but I think Robbie Williams, that that's just funny, like, posting stupid, like, awful stuff, obviously, like, if you're going to labor, yeah. nobody wants that up there, but at least it's kind of, like, a bit more endearing than it is, like, actually shagging yeah. somebody else while they're giving birth, bloody hell. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> So to go back to, um, so you reckon that meditation is the best thing for anxiety as a, as a, as I suppose like a suggestion for, well, um, I'm not, not going to say it's, it's the cure for everything no. because I mean, medication does help some people. Um, I do, I do yes. think like diet, exercise, meditation can help ease a good bit. Yeah. Cool. It can. Brilliant. And also, um, law of attraction exercises. I mean, there's, yes. um, Journaling. there's a thing called, yeah, there's a, well, there's a thing called revision technique. Mm-hmm. And um, this is going to sound a little bit strange, but there's a, there's a lady I've never met her. She lives in America, and um, she through Law of Attraction Facebook group, she was like, "I want to help you do a revision technique thing that you never had anxiety that it didn't exist." And she got me to kind of script a fake memory and then to remember it off my heart. And I feel like way better in the last few months since that. Like wow. that's really crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. That's kind of like yeah, um, NLP neuro linguistic programming. Google me. Clark Google. McDonald with a K. Google me. 
Clara with a K. So cool. Yeah. Listen, thank you so much again. And we will be, and yeah, don't forget as well, Indie Arena Radio. You can get us on Instagram, Indie underscore Arena, and on Instagram as well, Antonia K. Moore, which is myself. And thank you so much for listening. If you've listened and joined us until now, and hopefully we'll have you back next week. Same time, same place, and in your face. Ciao for now.